1: If you could commit a crime without being caught, would you do it? Would you go against the law, even though it was wrong, to prove yourself and to feel like you had beaten the system? Yeah. (laughs) Back in the 1920s, Nathan Leopold and Richard Loeb aspired to do just that. The teenagers who were embarking on their 20s had a desire to commit a crime so perfect that they would never be caught. What happened? Did they succeed? Find out on the season finale of White Collars, Red Hands.
0: Did they succeed in not getting caught, even though we're talking about it right now? Yeah. I don't no. know. A spoiler. Tyler,
1: <laughs> something caught. They, they get got caught. caught. <laughs> they got caught. Well, welcome to the season finale of White Collars, Red Hands. Season
0: eight, baby. Yeah,
1: fuck yeah. We're almost at two years of doing this.
0: I know. <laughs> Do you ever, th- I, uh, the first time that we sat down at the same microphone so long ago, I never thought that we'd still be here, honestly.
1: Um, I'm glad we are.
0: I'm glad we are too. Well, it went on and I was in, it just, uh, it was a lot of fun and
1: yeah, it kept happening. Um, I think by the 10th episode, I was like, oh wow, we're like actually doing this. Yeah, like we're for real the, doing the it. end of
0: the first season when we recorded like five all at once, right? five back to back to back, and then. Mm. But since then, it's been the weekly grind for the
1: weekly grind for a
0: very long time. Which <laughs> reminds me to remind you that uh, we will be having two weeks off. Um, yes, I am going back. I'm going back to school. I'm going to grad school. Smart guy. Uh, I'm getting a master's in biotechnology, or or I'm going to attempt to get a master's in biotechnology. I guess I should phrase it. He uh, will. Yeah. Uh, so I, it'll let me settle in. I go, I go back next week, and we'll take two weeks off, and then we'll we'll come back after that,
1: which is good because the Post Malone concert is next week. So
0: couldn't miss that. I can't. Couldn't miss that. I
1: can't. Well, speaking of Post Malone, uh, well, let's introduce ourselves. Actually, that's not even a segue. <laughs> Tell the people who you are. Uh, hi, uh, hi everybody.
0: My name's Kashan,
1: and I'm Nina Kern. On this week's episode, um, I'm going to warn you. I feel like we haven't had like a real tough one in a while. Or a real gruesome one in a while, or one that might make me cry in a while.
0: I'm about to say even, uh, yeah, even last last time's murder was the was the family where it kind of wasn't like it wasn't super.
1: I but feel bad saying this. It up. wasn't,
0: yeah, but it wasn't like super sad though.
1: Was that the Australian one? Yeah, yeah where, where they
0: might have all murdered him. We they never. No found one out. knows. Yeah, they never found out.
1: I do think it's Cassie.
0: But, well, I think it was, I still think it was all of them. But uh, today, we, we know who did it. We know
1: who did it. <laughs> so, I
0: mean, we, 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 there is a conclusion to this story. There so.
1: is, and it's very, and this is a good one. I'm excited about this one. So, today we are going, we're talking about two people, actually. Two people committed this crime, Nathan Leopold and Richard Loeb, um, whose nickname was Dickie, but I'm not going to call him that. Ooh,
0: Dickie Loeb. I love that. I'm calling him Dickie Loeb the whole time. So gross. You can go ahead and call him that. I'm not calling him that. Dickie Loeb, it sounds like a growth
1: <laughs> yeah it does sound like a growth yuck well Leopold and Loeb were both born into very wealthy families Nathan Leopold jr was born on November 19th 2000 2000- I'm sorry not <laughs>
0: 2004. <laughs> He's 18 right now. Yeah, he's
1: 18 as we speak. No, Nathan Leopold Jr. was born on November 19th, 1904 in Chicago, Illinois, which and is where Keshawn and I are based. Close to home. Yes. He was born to a wealthy German Jewish family. Leopold was said to be a prodigy and rumor has it that he spoke his first words at four months old.
0: Which is not early. Is that early?
1: Yeah, you don't talk until like you're a year old.
0: I'm never around kids. I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, anything before a year is shocking. So I don't believe that. You can't even crawl at four months old.
0: Or maybe he does that. And they're like, that's a word.
1: Yeah, and that might be it. That's a word. That yeah, might be it. <laughs> that's. Um, Leopold was brilliant, though. He got his undergraduate degree at the University of Chicago, which is an extremely prestigious school. And before he was um, arrested, he was supposed to go to Harvard Law School.
0: Now, to be fair, though, back in this day, we'd go into Harvard Law basically just meant you had the money to go to Harvard Law and correct. they had the money, right? Okay. So. Yeah,
1: correct. But it was noted that he was very smart. And it was also said that he throughout his life, he studied 15 languages and could speak five of them fluently. He was also a renowned orth- orth- ornithologist. That was great. An ornithologist, which is the study of
0: birds. Which you guys should know by now because of John DuPont, who was also an ornithologist. Philatelist, philanthropist, and ornithologist.
1: Yeah. I forgot what it was. Why until. are so
0: many creepy rich murderers into birds? Because birds are creepy. I guess so. I
1: hate birds. And while he was in school, he actually was part of this group that discovered a new bird, was able to pin the bird down and be like, Yes, this is a bird, new bird species. Um
0: This guy sounds like a fucking rock star. It man. was called the
1: Kirtland's Warbler.
0: So many friends.
1: And he also made observations about the bread brown headed cowbird. Pretty cool.
0: I want to fall asleep. <laughs>
1: I think it's weird. You know what? I hope it don't offend anybody, but, like, if you know how what bird it is by the tweet it makes, you need a new hobby.
0: Yeah, like, you can have a hobby. I got weird hobbies as well, but that one's one that I'm like, uh, Have you ever met someone that did that and you were like, this is the coolest person I've ever met? No. No. Only like, you're weird. <laughs> they wear new balances and, and, like, high white socks. They're not cool. <laughs>
1: Well, Richard Loeb, Dickie Loeb, was born on June 11th, 1905 in Chicago, Illinois. This kind of Ooh, freaked me Dickie out. Dickie
0: Loeb's a little, little younger, huh?
1: Yeah, he's a younger man. This is what creeped me out, though. Loeb is born the week after me, all right?
0: Uh-huh. And
1: my best friend is born on July, June 12th. It's just a couple dates that are a little too close for my liking.
0: There's only 365 days in a year, Nana. <sighs> It's statistically very probable that things will at least be kind of close sometimes. It's so
1: weird to me. All right. You know, I have a weird thing about dates.
0: Go read a horoscope. Yeah, I know. You go on so many of them, but they never work out.
1: Oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> All right. Well, his father was a successful lawyer who, and he was also the retired vice president of Sears Roebuck and Company.
0: Which was a big company in Chicago at the time. I don't know if you know this. They had a whole ass tower named after him. Obviously yes, not they those, but.
1: do. Yes, they do. Loeb was also extremely smart and like Leopold, uh, just like Leopold. And he was actually able to skip a couple of grades while he was in school. He became University of Michigan's youngest graduate at the age of 17.
0: Oh, shit. Yeah, I yeah. forgot. He's the one that's like really smart. No, he's
1: like really smart. Loeb became a student at the University of Chicago Law School and was interested in graduate work in history.
0: It's 17. He was in 17. law school at
1: 17. Yeah, he was very smart. He, he was very smart. Wasted his life, man. Um, It was said that Loeb was much more social than Leopold. I think the fact that he's not an ornithologist speaks for itself. Um, Loeb loved to read detective novels, and he loved reading about crime. And fun fact, Obama's home is only one block from Loeb's home.
0: Oh, dang. Yeah. You're really drawing a lot of comparisons today.
1: It's just a fun fact I found. I didn't Google it. It was just a fun fact.
0: I mean, I'm sure it's true. They both, oh, yeah. They're both from Chicago, so. Yeah,
1: and, um, well, we'll get to it, but they were both from Kenwood, which is right near Hyde Park, where it basically is Hyde Park, which is where Obama's house is.
0: Ah. Yeah. I don't know where any of these places are, and I live in Chicago. Yeah.
1: <laughs> So, although Leopold and Loeb grew up extremely close to each other, they were, they didn't really interact a lot in childhood. They both lived in Kenwood, like I was saying, which is a neighborhood in Chicago that is on the south side near Hyde Park. Um, the University of Chicago is located in Hyde Park. The neighborhood to this day is extremely beautiful. It's filled with mansions. Um, they've kept them up really nice. Um, it's, it's a nice little spot to go walk around. You should go there. Is
0: that where Pritzker's house is, too?
1: Probably. Okay. I'm sure that's where it is. I mean, the The houses there are fucking massive. It's insane. It's like insane to think that you're in the city and the house is that big.
0: Anyone who lives in one of those houses is gross.
1: Probably. Yeah. Um, they rekindled their friendship at the University of Chicago and they shared a common interest. Crime.
0: And in another C word. We'll find that out later. Oh. Oh, I think it's the next line.
1: Okay. Um. Also, it is also important to note that the two, these two begin given a romantic relationship and that Leopold was absolutely obsessed with Loeb. See, there we go. Yeah. What's the C word?
0: Think about Canoodling? it for half a second. What?
1: The only C word I can think of. Your
0: mind is constantly in the gutter. And for some reason saying, right now, it's in a goddamn washing machine. Cunt. You're right. It's the opposite.
1: You did
0: it, man! You got there. I'm so proud of you.
1: I was like, "What c word? It doesn't make any sense, bruh." And that was pretty taboo back then, too.
0: To be fair, it was taboo for an extra hundred years. Yeah, you know, and yeah. some would argue still to this day, especially in um like states that rhyme with Schmalabama.
1: Yeah, you know, it's also you. Know, they were in a romantic relationship. Um. They say that their relationship was extremely rocky. I mean, it's teenage love, so they tend to not be the healthiest relationships. And um, apparently, Leopold had contemplated killing Loeb because of a confidentiality breach. I don't know exactly what that was. That was in an article I read, and I was like, "What?"
0: Like they signed they signed an NDA, and he. What
1: like- I'm wondering is if he told him, like, "Don't tell anybody." About my massive cat.
0: And then he's just going around like, oh, my God. And he was like, you "You wouldn't believe
1: Leopold's massive cat.
0: He's just gossiping with the girls. He's like, oh, my God, you would not believe.
1: Probably. Probably something like that. Um, Their lawyer would later describe their relationship as weird and almost impossible.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that sounds about right. (laughs)
1: Um, Leopold was heavily inspired by German author Friedrich Nietzsche. 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 He was very much inspired by Friedrich Nietzsche and this concept of the Superman, which was also called the...
0: Uh, the Ubermensch.
1: The Ubermensch. That's what I'm going to be for Halloween. The Ubermensch. Um, in his writings, this Ubermensch Superman is an alleged intellectually superior person, and this superior intellect would allow them to rise above the laws and above the rules that quote bound the unimportant average populace. And
0: I don't even think this was like a big thing in Friedrich Nietzsche's writing. I think he just mentioned it like in like the beginning of a book or something that he wrote and it was it was an idea yeah about a person a a, a, like level of person that, that you that a theoretical level of person honestly that could do anything they wanted because, in the grand scheme of things, the, it would always be for the better. So, they kind of took that idea and really twisted it here because, even in that, they were like, the ubermensch could even like kill somebody because they're they're they the know Uber. so much, they're basically too like nigh on omnipotent that they could like they they know if they kill this person, they're doing it for the the.
1: Betterment, of. better
0: down the line or something, but.
1: Huh? Interesting. Well, Leopold thought, felt as though he and Loeb was—he's like this. Is, we are Ubermensch. You're,
0: I am the Ubermensch. You're not, dude. You're you guys are fucking boring. One of you reads like comic books, basically. One of you
1: reads Nancy Drew, and then the other one looks at birds.
0: Like you're not. <laughs> I don't know how, like, how narcissistic do you have to be?
1: Well, I, I do think that part of this, though, is because of their wealth and the because of their status at the time. Because in Chicago, so, I mean, I didn't really go too big of a deep dive into the... Um, history at this point and like but the chicago fire was really only about 50 years prior to this yeah and you you know that the city is still reeling from that and at this time and even still today chicago was heavily populated with immigrants Mm -hmm. and heavily populated with poor people and so he's from the he he's of high status and so is Loeb. and i I wonder that if he had been from like a middle class family or a poor family, if he would have grasped onto that idea as strongly as he did.
0: Uh, no, because he'd be too busy working in a factory at three to be able to be reading philosophy and going to law schools. Also, just by, by the way, one other note on the history or like the time right now is part of the reason I think that um, uh, Leopold was so obsessed with crime to begin with or. Loeb. Loeb. I'm gonna mix them up constantly. Oh, it's, it's um, easy. Loeb was so obsessed with crime at the time, is because guess what was going on right now? The big crime spree in Chicago. This was this was prohibition. This is the 1920s in Chicago, and um, Al Capone and gangs are running the city and basically like all major surrounding cities here in the Midwest. Yeah. So, I think that had something yeah. oh, to do, I'm and it sure. also has, it also has something to do with the investigation and things later. So
1: yes. Yes, um, but because these of these works, they decided to become real life Ubermensch, Superman, and rise above the law. And this is where they began their spree of crime. Dun dun dun. dun. Now in the beginning their crimes were decently harmless. It was petty theft and vandalism. First they broke into a fraternity house at the University University of Michigan where they stole pen knives, a camera and a typewriter. Um this typewriter will actually be used later in the episode. I will uh tell you later. Also just
0: like you stole those things had to be heavy. Like oh my God, the fucking
1: typewriter had to be 75 pounds. you see a
0: lot of typewriter out of there? Those things are solid, man. Yeah,
1: no, it wasn't easy. And, and obviously, like, there wasn't much risk because they're lugging a, a typewriter out of a fraternity house, getting into a car that sounds like the engine is being beat with a sledgehammer because it's 1924.
0: You gotta so crank we, it up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, there's, no one's being sneaky here. But that crime was not enough for our pair of criminals and then they started upping the ante and they went from petty theft to then arson but no one they started lighting shit on fire but no one really cared they were like okay this building well, burnt down
0: they made everything they made a lot of things fireproof after uh, the the great chicago fire right well so,
1: that's probably true yeah so
0: no one cared anymore they're like we'd stop made be stop making buildings out of wood okay they're like
1: haha jokes on you we the whole learned. city's already been destroyed <laughs> We don't care. The you fire can't. was oh, we could put the fire out before two days. Fuck you, you. you
0: can't burn down the second city, man. No.
1: Oh man. Um, this pissed the two off and they decided to come up with the perfect crime. A crime so good that it would get the public's attention and solidify their self perceived status as Supermen. Dun dun dun.
0: Spoiler, they don't do it. <laughs> because they're stupid. <laughs>
1: So at this time, Leopold and Loeb are about eighteen to nineteen years old, and they decided that kidnapping and murdering a child would be their perfect crime.
0: I this is this is when they're like, what a if you're planning the perfect crime, I don't think that I feel ever like a includes heist yeah. It, it is also a
1: perfect crime. I feel like stealing a bunch of money is the perfect
0: assassinating crime. a dictator and no one ever knows. Like that's a per, like yeah. you're you're fucking you're. You're, like, such dicks to, one, think you're so above everyone, and right. then when you're planning the perfect crime, you literally prey on, like, the most innocent and, like, like person that's not, like, they're never going to fight back, right? You might as well kill an old lady right. as your, oh, yeah, as yeah, your yeah, perfect yeah. crime.
1: Exactly, yeah. I was actually thinking about this, and I do think if they were be alive today and be, like, 18 or 19 today, um, that they'd be, like... I wouldn't say incels, but they'd definitely be weirdos on the dark web yeah. and that they would shoot up a school. Oh, like that's the vibe I was getting the entire time I was researching. I was like, you guys would have been school shooters yeah, if you would be alive today.
0: Yeah. They'd be a discord mod for sure.
1: I don't know what that is.
0: Into It's another form of incel.
1: Oh, okay. Sorry, I don't have my encyclopedia of incels. You got to
0: be on, you got to be on the internet more, man. I don't know.
1: What is it? Oh, Discord mod. Yeah, what does it mean?
0: They're just like these weird. They're, there's like a running like tick, like like uh, set of TikTok videos I watch where this guy pretends to be a TikTok like or a Discord mod, and he wears like a Minecraft creeper T-shirt. Oh yeah, and he says it's like "Ooh, woo, hello, kitten," like like stuff like that. You know, because they're they're like that kind of weird.
1: I don't want to know. I no, that's all I need to know about that.
0: D- d- yeah, Discord is like an online messaging system where it's it's kind of like Skype, but only for like like voice. And you can, like, join rooms and stuff where you get updates. And you can talk to people with, like... It's it's like Reddit. It's like Clubhouse? It's like, it's like Reddit, but you can talk.
1: Oh, my God. That doesn't yeah. need to exist. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. And, all right, this is how fucking sick and disgusting this crime actually was. Um, they planned out this murder. Like, they did try to make it the perfect crime. They fucking planned it out. It took them seven months of planning Everything from the abduction to body disposal.
0: Leopold's like, it. I'm going to wear my finest New Balances for this.
1: He would wear bright, brand new white New Balances. Absolutely would. In this plan, they also, so there's the kidnapping, the disposal, but they also had a series of complex ransom notes that they had typed up and also would call over the phone to give instructions. To the victim's parents in order to get about like ten thousand dollars, which isn't even that much money, and you're already rich, so why do you fucking care?
0: Yeah, I think uh, supposedly they did it because they wanted to like they wanted to dupe the person even more because well, yeah in, in their plan they had already planned to have murdered murdered yes. the kid yes. before sending the ransom note. Yes, so yes. like the fact that they get this, I literally think that they were so. Twisted that they got off on the idea no, that, they would, that they would get the money, and then the person still wouldn't get.
1: Right, they wouldn't get, the get their kid back because their kids already dead.
0: Which, by the way, kidnapping was the most committed crime at this point. I don't know if you knew that uh, be, because bootleggers and things would constantly kidnap like rich people and ransom them.
1: Glad that was. I, good.
0: I listened to a, a podcast on um on Al Capone a while ago, and they talked about that that like like that was the hip crime. Was going around and, and stealing hey, people let me and getting get money just kidnap
1: y'all. Let me just kidnap y'all and I'll get nah. $100,000.
0: Nah, see? Nah, get in the back shit. of my car, see? We're going to message your family, see? And we're going to get some money, see? And you're going to fucking sit there, see? <laughs> you want to play some some old-time poker or get some old-timey syphilis,
1: see? Ah! <laughs> Man. Um, and then... The typewriter comes back. They use the typewriter that they stole from the frat house to write the ransom note, which I am sure emboldened them to a certain point. You know?
0: Yeah, I think like the whole thing they talk about is that um, Loeb had this obsession with crime.
1: Yeah, he loved it. It was like... He was like the equivalent of a white girl now who only watches true crime. Like, that loves the murder shows. But,
0: like, even... But more, because he wanted to do it. Yeah, it was, like, even worse than that. He's, like... He's like a kleptomaniac, but there's probably a word for it, though, where like all someone wants to do is like break the law. They have I literally think that he developed like an addiction where Mm -hmm. he had these uncontrollable impulses to just want to break the law in any way. And that's why it started out with petty theft and then arson. And then finally, you know, like a serial killer, they escalated all the way up to murder.
1: I just feel like the the incline of arson to murder is big. Like, that's a big jump.
0: What would you put in between? What's the missing link there?
1: Um, assault and battery...
0: Yeah, but these—they're no offense, but they're pansies, man. Like they're—they are not kids that would win in a fight.
1: That's true. They are not—they're okay, not, fair, they're not fair, rough and tumble fair, guys. Fair.
0: Honestly, that's why they had to choose a child because they're not rough and tumble. They're not. No,
1: they're very small men. Yeah, like, they're not they're winning. Not, yeah, they—they they looked to be tall. Like Loeb looked to be pretty tall. Yeah, but very thin. Like they were tennis players. Yeah. They and they were tennis players. I was about to get to that, but they're they're tennis players, so they're not gonna they're not beating up anybody. So okay, I guess that's fair. Kill a kid is the next step.
0: So like that's all they could do. That was their next thing. That was how they could escalate because they're not gonna be able to physically impose themselves on anyone except for a child or an old lady. So
1: yeah. So they plan the kidnapping. They plan the murder. They plan the disposal. They plan the ransom note. So what are we going to do? What are we going to use to kill this kid? The murder weapon that they chose? A chisel. Like the things that they used to write in stone with. Fucked up.
0: Yeah, that's not. Like they purposely chose something that's like not a quick death, which is kind of shitty.
1: It's beyond shitty. Like you could have used a knife. A knife would have been quicker. Yeah. It would have been sharper. And just
0: as personal, too. So, like.
1: Fucked up. Um, so, this next part's kind of a lot. I actually feel okay right now. Earlier, I thought I might cry when I talk about it. But I, I feel okay right now. But if violence, if you are triggered by violence, if you have a problem with, like. Don't listen to the episode yeah, on murders. Well, yeah. If it's overly gruesome, anything. If you can't handle that, I would just fast forward a little bit. Um. Cause it's pretty gross. So this this is the most fucked up part of the whole episode, um, or the or the whole part of the plan. I would say is that you know they researched who they were gonna kill. They they watched and decided the kid that they were gonna pick. They they planned that out too. They didn't just go, oh okay, I'm gonna just kill this random kid. Well, it
0: wouldn't be the perfect crime unless it they, went right. They, plus, if they're gonna ransom them, they have to ransom someone that.
1: They know how to contact
0: their parents. Well, yeah, and that the they money. know they have. The yeah, money. and is rich.
1: Harvard School for Boys was in the Kenwood area, and that is actually where Leopold went to school himself. And that's where they were watching for a child and researching a child to pick. Um, they chose a boy named Bobby Franks, who was 14 years old. He looked way younger than that. He was not a very big kid. He was also shaped strangely, but it's okay.
0: Wow. You're body shaming a murdered my... child. <laughs> <laughs> he was shaped weirdly.
1: He shaped like Spongebob. He
0: looked like he was a, he was square.
1: It, the coat he was wearing in the picture I saw made him look very square.
0: He was a he was a 1920s boy. He probably had rickets cuz he didn't drink milk, oh, man. No. I don't know.
1: Poor Bobby Franks. <laughs> um, he was the son of Jacob Franks who was a wealthy watch manufacturer in Chicago. Um, Bobby Franks was actually Loeb's second cousin who lived across the street from him. That's yeah, up. so
0: they also picked someone that are like I close know I, I know this kid like they like he knew this kid they were related they like had spent like not yeah close. they said
1: they would play tennis together sometimes yeah like
0: it's not close but like they knew him which is even more fucked up you're killing someone you know also it's like me killing my cousin's kid also not the perfect crime just by the way like this isn't I'm, I wouldn't want anyone to commit the perfect crime. But if you're going to kill someone and you want it to be the perfect crime and never get caught, you don't kill anyone you know. Mm -mm. Ever. Because there's ties to you. Like, you literally live across from the kid. Yeah. You idiot. (laughs) They're dumb. Yeah, they're dumb. They're stupid. They have all, like, literally one of them is, like, the youngest graduate in University of Michigan's tenure. And he's an idiot. (laughs) Rant over.
1: (laughs) I mean, they are idiots. We're going to get to... We're going to get to it more later. Um, On May 21st, 1924, Leopold rented a car under the name of Morton D. Ballard. Around 5 p.m., Bobby Franks was walking home from school, and they offered him a ride. He had just been at a baseball game, was getting out of the baseball game, walking home. They were like, hey, Bobby, get in the car. We'll drive you home. Bobby initially said no because he was only two blocks away from his home. Which also doesn't make... Like, why are you kidnapping him that close to his home, you fucking idiots? Anyways, like, if, if he had been like, no, I'm not getting in the car. And, like, I know they didn't know about stranger danger back then. Or I don't think they knew about stranger They're danger. They're not
0: strangers.
1: Well, that's the other thing, too. They're not strangers. And so he trusts them. And so, anyways, Loeb ends up persuading him to get into the car because he wanted to talk about a tennis racket. He was like, some tennis racket. He's usually oh, come here. I want to talk to you about the tennis racket. I want to talk to you about the tennis racket. And... I, I, I know myself when I was researching this, I kept it, Loeb and Leopold weren't that much older than him. Like, I would kept thinking they were older, but they were only 19, 18 and 19 when this happened. Yeah. So, it wasn't weird for him to be like, I mean, I know there's a lot of difference between a 14 year old and an 18 year old, but it's not like a 30 year old wanting to talk to a net 14 year old about the tennis racket they're using. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's not out of the realm of reasons, it's not that weird. So, like I said before, the next course of events is pretty gruesome. Um, There is some dispute about what actually happened next, but what is believed to have happened was that Bobby got into the car. We know that happened. Bobby got into the car and then, sorry, he got into the car, and it was believed that Leopold was the one driving and that Loeb was in the back seat with the chisel. I
0: mean, that makes sense to you because Loeb is the one who, like, really was, like,
1: the always crime. pressing the
0: crime, right? Yeah. He was really into the crime, and and Leopold was going along with it a little bit because he had I, a strong infatuation for this guy.
1: Yeah, and I also think, too, because I know that Lo, um, Leopold was also very... Um, he really went along with Nietzsche's idea of the Ubermensch. And like that was very appealing to him. And then I think that it was just the perfect, I think it was the perfect storm because Loeb was so obsessed with crime. And then Leopold thinks he's above everyone.
0: Well, I, I think a, a part of it is Leopold too thinks that maybe
1: if he goes along with may, it,
0: maybe Dicky Loeb is even like more above, like, because I think he really right, idolizes right. him he because, does. Cause, you know, Loeb is like this outspoken this like really kind of outspoken guy um and and he can like talk to people and he like oh man he's secretly like he's he's hanging out he's hanging out with me you know and we're like doing stuff like he's got he's cr- crushing hard basically mm. right and i think part of him takes that Ubermensch and maybe doesn't super think of it himself maybe not all the way but probably does think about it with Loeb in regard to to Loeb, like he put him on a pedestal and will literally to the point of that like yeah he knows he knows everything
1: yeah so um when bobby got into the car it is said that Loeb struck him several times in the head with the chisel then dragged him into the back seat and then gagged him until he died and then after that what happened, they put Bobby's body on the floorboard out of sight and drove to the planned dump spot at Wolf Lake in Hammond, Indiana. And Hammond's only about an hour drive from Chicago. So.
0: Oh, man. I don't even think you put in one of the worst parts about this. I
1: didn't. Oh, no. I'm getting to that part. Really? hmm The okay. chemicals?
0: No. They stopped on the way.
1: Oh, no. I didn't. They mean?
0: stopped on the way to Dump in the Body and got hot dogs and ice cream. What the hot, fuck? Hot dogs and shakes. They ate afterwards bef- in between Dump in the Body. So, like, on the way to the dump spot, they stopped someplace. And they got hot dogs and ice cream floats. Like, ice cream sodas. Just to let you know, who who we dealing with here? Yeah. Psychopaths.
1: And so, they go to Hammond after they eat their hot dogs. And once it got dark, they got rid of Bobby's clothes they hid his body in a culvert, which is like if you—I don't know if I know what it is. It's like a tunnel, kind of that channels water. Um, that's the only way I can describe it. It's like a big pipe almost. Um, so to ensure that no one would know who Bobby was, the pair of them poured hydrochloric acid on his face and genitals to conceal the fact to just so people wouldn't recognize him, but also to conceal the fact that Bobby was circumcised. Um I don't know if it was not popular at this time to be circumcised.
0: Only Jewish people were circumcised, basically. Back then? Yeah.
1: Oh, and they were Jewish. Okay. So
0: that's probably why.
1: I forgot about them being Jewish. They
0: didn't want they didn't want it. But I still feel like anytime I think detectives at this point, I mean, weren't they didn't have a lot of tools at their disposal. No. Right. But I don't think one of the tools they were using is looking at looking at the dick and balls and being like, huh.
1: That looks like, right. hey, hey, that looks like Bobby Franks.
0: <laughs> they're like, oh, my God, you're right. Call up Jacob Franks right now.
1: Call up Jacob Franks like, right now. Like, they're there, not doing that. Um, when Le- Lo- l- when Leopold and Loeb got back to Chicago, it was already known that Bobby was missing. What? Yeah. Bobby's missing? Yeah. Um, Leopold called Bobby's mother and told her that he was a man named George Johnson. Terrible fake name. I know. So stupid. George Johnson. Are you kidding me? Um, and he told her that Bobby had been kidnapped and that instructions for delivering the ransom would be would would follow. All right. So Leopold and Loeb then mailed the ransom note, burned their bloodstained clothes, and then cleaned up the blood from the rental car. And then once they finished, it was said that they spent the rest of the evening playing cards. Classic. So not only were you going out to dinner before you dumped the body. Honestly, you should have been too tired to play cards after all that. Playing
0: some gin rummy after that.
1: And so this is what the ransom note said. Dear sir. Proceed immediately to the back platform of the train. Watch the east side of the track. Have your package ready. Look for the first large red brick factory. Settled. It was all in capitals. Situated immediately adjoining the tracks to the east. On top of this factory is a large black water tower with the word champion written on it. Wait until you've completely passed the south end of the factory Count to five rapidly and then throw the package as far east as you can. Remember that this is your only chance to recover your son. Yours truly, George Johnson.
0: I got some notes. One, too long. All right. Get to the point. Cut that down. Draw me a diagram if it's going to be that long. Well, I was going
1: to say, my kid would be dead. I'm horrible with directions. (laughs) You're, like my kids fucked
0: it's just like you pulling out the map quest like oh shit uh, what street are we on
1: are you kidding me what east? train is this throw it as far east as you can are you kidding
0: did me? you bring your compass i didn't i don't
1: <laughs> the, the compass wouldn't even help me
0: You're just like because oh. as
1: soon as you turn it turns
0: is east is east
1: because the- at one moment i've got my compass like this and it's going north and then as soon as i turn i'm still going north
0: Yeah, that's kind of what a compass does, bro. Fuck
1: that. I don't know where I'm going. I need left and right. (laughs) Up and down. Never a Girl Scout. What are your other... So it's too long. Oh,
0: honestly, that's the main note. Also, I don't know if you talk about this later, about the ransom note and how it actually helped find them and who it was. Yeah,
1: because of the typewriter?
0: Part of the typewriter and partly because... So ransom notes at this time, like if you got one, right? Do you think it would read like a fucking Princeton acceptance letter. No. no. They they were like way too, they were way too snotty with a dear sir. Like they were way too snotty. Ransom notes would have constant misspellings. They were written by criminals who were not smart. So that's part of the reason they thought. They,
1: they didn't know they're East and West.
0: That's part of the reason they thought they were like, this isn't just a regular criminal. This is someone who is educated, who knows this person. And that's part of the, like that's how they got part of the reason they got caught. Yeah. So that's note number two. That's all the notes I have.
1: So Bobby's family received the ransom note the following morning, and Leopold called a second time and dictated the first set of instructions. Um, He told his dad to get into a yellow cab at 3 p.m., which did not end up happening because... Um, and one thing that happened was the, so before the, before the cab thing, they were supposed to go to a certain address and someone forgot where the address was, but then the taxi was supposed to be there at three. But before that happened, before he could get into the taxi to do this, the police called because they had found Bobby's body. So the whole plan was, was foiled.
0: Yeah, they stuck him like when they put him in the it culvert. It was
1: twenty four hours,
0: and they literally the, the reason is because when they stuck him in the culvert, they he was like hanging out like his yeah. His, they
1: didn't like put him in there like dude. his
0: feet were hanging out, and like they were just like no one's ever like you don't think anyone's gonna notice a little boy's feet sticking out of a sticking out of a pipe like it's Idiots. gonna happen.
1: <laughs> Idiots. So when they had found out that the body had been found, Leopold and Loeb destroyed the typewriter and burned the blanket that they had wrapped Bobby's body in, which I'm like, why didn't you burn that with your clothes, you idiots? Anyways, after that, they continued their lives as usual, like they had done before. Um, The Chicago police launched what was called an intensive investigation and rewards were offered for any information that people had. Um, Leopold and Loeb kind of went about the situation very differently. But with what we know about them, that's not surprising. Loeb was very quiet about the whole thing. He didn't, like, because obviously this is big news. This is a big thing that's going on. Everybody's talking well, and about it.
0: They they actually publicized it even more because at this time, um, the, the politicians and the, like, Lawmen of Chicago were under a lot of scrutiny about how they haven't been able to keep gangs in control. Yeah. So when something like this happened, they would blow it up in the media to get the heat off of how they were doing such a bad job at catching Al Capone and his cronies and all these other people. This is so that so that someone else would have they would focus on something else and that they would look like a hero in the end. If they yeah. finally caught these people.
1: Right. Right. And so. Since this was such big news, everybody's talking about it. Loeb was very quiet about it. He didn't engage in conversation about it. He just kept his head down, went about his business, which with what we know with him, that's not super shocking. Leopold, however, would talk to anyone who would listen about the the situation, um, including police and reporters on what his theories were about what might have happened, which, I mean, if he's not in, into it as lobe it's kind of like feeling guilty yeah you know um he was even quoted saying if I were to murder anybody it would be just such a cocky little son of a bitch as Bobby Franks
0: you fucking idiot
1: (laughs) also Bobby's 14 they're all (laughs) little cocky sons of bitches
0: yeah I'm about to say what he's so rude to a child a dead child publicly like no like what the fuck man this would be like if Casey Anthony was like, yeah, my daughter sucked. Like, like what you
1: can't I fucking hate toddlers. If street. I were to kill a toddler, it would have been mine.
0: It would have been that stupid little bitch. You're like, that's not you. What are you doing?
1: Right. <laughs> that's, right. A,
0: that's a bad thing to say. Normally, even if you didn't kill them, you'd still be kind of a dick.
1: <laughs> right. Um, Now the police, so this is a, this was a dumb bitch move. So the police were investigating by where the body was found and the police found a pair of glasses by Bobby's body. The glasses had an unusual hinge purchased by only three customers in Chicago. And one of those customers was Leopold.
0: They made a whole show of it when they came to his house, too. They were like, he lied He lied at first and was like, oh, no, I have them. They're, they're here. And then he made this whole big show about he looked through his whole fucking mansion. He's like, I swear I have them. And they were like, okay, show them to us, and then we'll leave. And then it just kept going until finally he was like, I guess I lost.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then when he was questioned about it, he also said that they fell out of his pocket while he was bird, on a bird watching trip the previous weekend.
0: It was at that beach where they dumped him. Yeah. So that's why so they were there. So I guess it kind of made sense he was like, "Oh, I was there." Yeah. And then I dropped him.
1: Like, like how do you just not know your glasses are missing?
0: Well, I he, he I guess he noticed that they were gone mm. when they dumped the body and they just like half-assed looked for him. And then when they couldn't find him because it was dark, they was yeah. like, "Meh, probably lost him somewhere else."
1: Dumbass. Jesus. Jesus. Well, Leopold and Loeb were summoned for questioning on May 29th, which was only eight days after the murder happened. They told police that on the light, night of the murder that they had picked up two women in Chicago and dropped them off near a golf course without learning their last names, which actually they were in Lincoln Park, which was interesting.
0: No, you didn't. You guys are fucking nerds, What Yeah, you what are you talking golf? About? You're not You're not cruising for chicks,
1: man. No. This story was immediately debunked when Leopold's chauffeur told police that he was repairing Leopold's car that night while they had claimed to have been using it. And then the chauffeur's wife also confirmed the story was true because the car was, she was like, yeah, the car was in the garage.
0: And Leopold's family sent that chauffeur. So the chauffeur told Leopold's family, like, there's no way he could have been doing it. I was repairing his car. So after they had made this lie, and the chauffeur had told that to leopold's family the family was like you got to get down to the police station and tell them that immediately this is going to break the case like they're going to let him go once you get down there and it did the opposite effect because of how they had just lied so he went down there he's like i'll do something that will clear their name and he's like i was working on their car the whole time and they were like oh really <laughs> you don't say
1: Ha! Huh, interesting um, they destroyed the part, the destroyed typewriter that wrote, they did the ransom note with. They ended up finding it in, ja- uh, in Jackson Park Lagoon on June 7th. Lagoon in June. Like, for planning a murder for so long, you really did a shitty job of it. And I was telling Kashawn earlier, I'm like, this is the 1920s. They didn't even have technology. So the fact that they figured out who murdered this kid in a week shows how fucking bad of a job you did murdering this kid.
0: It was, it is by far the worst perfect
1: crime I think I've ever heard of. It's opposite day. Loeb was the first to confess saying that leopold had planned everything and that leopold was the one who killed bobby in the back seat of the car while Loeb drove leopold's confession came quickly after but he insisted that he was the driver and that Loeb was the one who murdered bobby
0: oh, shit. i think someone's lying
1: <laughs> one of you mm? is a liar mm? Their confessions were announced by the state's attorney on May 31st. Um, Leopold revealed later that he tried to convince Loeb into admitting of to admitting to killing Bobby, saying, Momsey feels less terrible than she might, thinking that you did it. That's his mom, momsey.
0: Um no. I'm not gonna do that.
1: He's like, he's like, my mom's real pissed, but she'll be like, not as pissed if you say you killed him. Okay. that.
0: see what I'm hearing is that sounds like a you problem. Problem? Um, so yeah,
1: no. (laughs) Most people who have studied this do believe that Loeb was the one who killed Bobby. And honestly, honestly, I do too. It
0: makes sense.
1: It makes more sense. Um, there is other evidence that suggests suggests otherwise um there was an eyewitness who states that he saw Loeb driving and that leopold was in the back seat just minutes before the kidnapping but honestly these dudes kind of looked alike
0: and wit- witness testimony is the least reliable yeah. source of information yeah actually <laughs> so. yeah
1: so i mean they look like i wouldn't be shocked if they didn't see that correctly or think of it in a different way and you know whatever But both Leopold and Loeb did admit that they were driven by Superman delusions. And that is why they committed this crime.
0: Yeah, that's why you planned all of it so rigorously is because you were in the throes of madness.
1: Yeah, the the whole thing doesn't make sense. When they were like explaining this, they were like, well, we had to do this. But like, we weren't looking forward to the killing. You're
0: gross, messed up people who wanted to kill somebody and decided on a child because you thought it was the easiest and decided on a child that you were related to because you thought it was the easiest
1: yeah um leopold said that he was interested in learning what it would feel like to be a murderer and he said he was disappointed when he found out that he felt the same as ever great fuck that guy great asshole. Um the trial of Leopold and Loeb was labeled the crime of the century, but to be fair, they were the third case to be called that in the 1900s, so I don't know how legit the title is. And
0: we're 20 years in, dude.
1: Yeah. So, the crime of the century! It's the crime of the century. This is the crime of the century.
0: Also, if you thought sensationalized news trials were just for now,
1: no, they with, were always
0: with, with you know like like Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, all the the OJ Simpson trial, all of these things. No, nah, they've been around since mass media and trials were a thing.
1: Yeah, no. Um, Loeb's family hired Clarence Darrow to lead the defense team, and Leopold notes that his first impression of Darrow was one of. Horror, because his hair was crazy and his clothes were super wrinkled. But in his book, Leopold says that if he was asked to name two men who came closest to preaching the pure essence of love, he would say that it was Jesus and Clarence Darrow. had a high opinion of him. But just like Jesus, uh, we'll find out that Darrow did save him. Darrow is hailed to this day as one of the best defense lawyers that this country has ever seen, and he was actually also the lawyer in the Scopes Monkey Trial, which is very interesting. Um, Allegedly, Darrow was paid a million dollars for his services in 1920s money, like a million dollars at that time, but he was actually paid $70,000, but that is equivalent to a million dollars in today's money.
0: I'd take 70K right now.
1: Hell yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Darrow took the case because he strongly opposed capital punishment, and he would actually pick cases where he felt like his clients were going to get the death penalty in order to save them from the death penalty because he was so opposed to it. Um,
0: Yeah, he took like, and he would also take on like impossible cases, mm -hmm. like cases that everyone would be like, you're destined to lose. And he's like, well, yeah, but... I'm going to do it. I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to save these people.
1: Yeah. It was assumed that Leopold and Loeb were going to plead not guilty by reason of insanity. However, Darrow knew that the jury would probably still find the men guilty and that they would end up with the death penalty. And so obviously Leopold and Loeb went through a lot of interviewing and a lot of testing to prove that they weren't completely of sound mind. And even Sigmund Freud was asked to come evaluate them. For their like mental, what was going on mentally, but he couldn't come because he was sick. Um, But they did not plead not guilty. They Darrow elected to enter the plea of guilty, hoping that the judge would give life sentences. And they actually didn't even have a jury for this. Well, it was just like if you don't have
0: a trial, then you don't have a jury.
1: Yeah, because he pled guilty, so there was no jury. Yeah, there's
0: no trial. You just enter a guilty plea.
1: All right, yeah, there's no trial. I meant, sorry, you know what I mean. Obviously, a case like this is going to cause a huge uproar, and hundreds of people would flock to the courthouse every single day. And it's not shocking. This was a really violent, gruesome crime, and so many people wanted Leopold and Loeb to be hung.
0: It's just like, the other thing is, though, too, is that there's so many other violent and gross crimes happening right now, but... This was once again another way for them to sweep that under the rug with, with yeah, and it's a child, So
1: it just seems, yeah. so much.
0: I mean, it is worse, and but yeah,
1: and it kind of is like they were in a safe neighborhood, they were in a good neighborhood. This is a re- yeah, I mean, you
0: you killed. Not only did you kill a child, but in the 1920s, you killed a rich white child. Yeah, which a... which now people are going to care about more because of racism. Yeah,
1: but it was. More racist to them. Well, I don't guess I shouldn't say that, but it was a big deal. It was a big deal, and it was like, oh, my God, this could happen to one of us, too. So people really were impassioned by it. The trial ran for 32 days and had over 100 witnesses. The defense um, presented extensive psychiatric testimony, including childhood neglect due to absentee parenting and sexual abuse by a governess, which... I don't doubt that those things happened. However, does not mean that you can premeditate a murder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one witness testified that Leopold and Loeb's dysfunctional androkin glands were why the, which are glands that produce hormones.
0: Endocrine.
1: Endocrine. I don't know what they are. Whatever. They produce hormones and they said that they were fucked up and that's why they committed the crime. I don't believe it.
0: Yeah, no, that's pseudoscience. It's not It's not true. <laughs> no,
1: no. Darrow also claimed that the two never would have committed the crime if they had been on their own, but because they were together, it caused the perfect storm.
0: That, I, that might be true.
1: I do agree with that to a point. To a point. I think Loeb might have done it at some point. Yeah, because at some, at some point.
0: With his with, fixation on crime, he's obviously going to escalate. I point,
1: don't yeah. think Leopold would have.
0: No, he would just keep looking at fucking birds that nerd. Yeah,
1: he would have he would have just become intolerable. More intolerable than he probably was. But I do think that maybe Loeb would have one day committed a, a murder. Um at the end of the hearing Daryl throughout the whole course of this Darrow ended up giving a 12 hour long masterful plea, which is said to be the finest speech in his career. 12 hours. Yeah, it totaled 12 hours. Oh he didn't do it straight, but it totaled 12 God. hours. okay. I read a lot of it until I couldn't anymore.
0: <laughs> so like uh, three pages probably <laughs> okay yeah.
1: Um, in this speech, he makes arguments about the justice system, the death penalty, how we glorify murder in some cases and not others, which he had a point there. Because yeah. he was like, you're crying for their them to be hung and for their death, but yet you were singing the praises of everyone who killed people in World War I.
0: Yeah. And I
1: was like, you've got a point, yeah, and however. Al- and also,
0: he did equate the death penalty with murder. It is, and I mean, and it is, it is state-sponsored murder. Like we, like we are still killing somebody.
1: Yeah, and he also noted that Leopold and Loeb could not be blamed for what they had done when they were just implementing Nietzsche's what? What do I want to call it? Like ideals. They were being taught these ideals yeah. and they were just implementing the ideals that they had been taught. So can you really blame them? I say so, yes. So they but, were
0: saying they were indoctrinated? Yeah. Yes. I don't know about that. Like, I, I don't think know
1: about that either. A but lot it was of a people point.
0: a lot of people read Nietzsche and don't commit murder.
1: Well, I so. agree with you, but it's a point he made. Yeah. Um, the speech was successful and on September tenth, nineteen twenty four, so this is literally almost nineteen ninety-eight years to the day. Um, the judge sentenced Leopold and Loeb to life imprisonment for murder and an additional additional ninety nine years for kidnapping. Just
0: tack that ninety nine on there at the yeah. end. Life yeah, he's plus probably trying to. life plus ninety nine.
1: Yeah, they're just trying to, it's like with Bernie Madoff. They're trying to prove a point. Isn't
0: life like an actual like number though? Like it's like fifty years or something?
1: No, I'm not sure.
0: I feel like that's true, but I, I, I don't know for sure. That
1: probably is. Yeah. Leopold and Loeb went to Joliet Prison, which isn't super far from Chicago. Um, they were intentionally kept apart, but they still managed to maintain their friendship. And you know what they say, friends who slay together, stay together.
0: Dumb, uh, for one. <laughs> but for two, how can they still be friends well, after they like, literally both they flipped would, on each other? I in know, the case? it's
1: weird. It's weird. They're
0: like, I don't that guy murdered him. Yeah. And then the other one's like, That guy murdered him. They have a weird relationship. It's like he murdered him. But if you still wanna like you still wanna fuck, I mean like
1: Yeah, I'll lie about it, but like I'll still fuck you. Like that's fine. I don't know. I've I've fucked a lot of people that lied to me.
0: Not good with dates.
1: Not good with dates. Um, In 1931, Leopold ended up being transferred to Stateville Penitentiary. Penitentiary. I hate that word. Penitentiary. Penitentiary. I hate that word. It's so hard (laughs) to say. Which is still in Illinois and it's near Chicago. Um, Loeb actually also ended up being transferred there sometime later. And while they were there... They really worked the system, and then it was weird. They let them be together. They let them work together, like, not be together, but, like, they let them, like, be around each other and stuff. And they were model prisoners. They started a school in the prison, and um, while they were there, they added a high school and a junior college curriculum. Um, They probably were really bored. They were very smart, so they were probably trying to find stuff to do.
0: I mean, yeah. But. If you're going to spend life in prison, you usually – You got to find something, right? Right.
1: Something to do. Um, But things were not all hunky-dory in prison. And on January 28th, 1936, Loeb was attacked by another inmate. James Day took a straight razor to Loeb and he suffered over 50 wounds on his arms and hands. And then his throat was slashed from behind. So there's a lot of he said, he said surrounding this. Um, Loeb had... he was propositioning Day for sex, and Day says that Loeb assaulted him and that he was defending himself. But due to the homophobia of the times, it was they ruled that Day was protecting himself and that he wasn't. That that this was a murder out of self defense.
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot of like, I mean, even up to relatively recently, and probably still now to a little bit. Um, the police have always had like an ugh, gay mentality to stuff. They were like, ew, gay stuff. That's why, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer literally got caught. Like one of the guys that he drilled a hole into his head and fucked up, got caught running out of his house and was like, this guy's going to kill me. Um, and the police caught him and, and, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer's like, oh, that's just my boyfriend. And the police were like, ew, gay stuff. And they, they gave him back to him. Yep. So that happens. So it's the same thing. They're just like, ew, gay stuff. Just We don't want to deal with it.
1: Yeah. And especially with, with, in stuff with prisons like this, a lot of shit will happen in prison that just, and uh, unfortunately flies. And yeah. when you killed a child, they're, when you do shit to kids, they really... Yeah they'll fuck you up in jail. So I mean,
0: yeah, there were also probably quite a few people under the opinion that, uh, well, he'd finally just got what he deserved because yeah. so many people were probably for their death in the first place. Oh yeah,
1: absolutely. I don't think that anyone even questioned this. I think it was like a, don't do that again day. And then that was it. Um, the Chicago daily news reported about the story and said that Richard Loeb, despite his erudition today, ended his sentence with a proposition
0: you gotta be fucking kidding me (laughs) they they wrote that joke
1: (laughs) into this so bad Oh,
0: my God. Yeah,
1: they wrote that into that. It's so bad.
0: It's kind of funny.
1: It's fucking like hilarious, but it's, if it's being, bad. If
0: we're being honest, it's kind of funny, but goddamn, man. Jesus
1: Christ. And after Loeb died, Leopold continued working in the prison. Um, He reorganized the prison library. He, he continued revamping the school system, continued teaching, and did volunteer work in the hospital. And in 1944, Leopold actually volunteered for or the penitentiaries
0: penitentiary
1: penitentiary i hate that word just say jail jesus christ um their malaria study and was inoculated with malaria to undergo experimental treatments
0: i don't think that worked out we did not solve a way to to fix malaria for a while
1: um i do think that this is inhumane treatment of prisoners but yeah are you like, kidding me in, it, we can get into that another are You time. kidding me Oh, no, I'm not kidding you. I think it's fucked up. No, I'm saying, it's yeah, just obviously. Like, it's just like testing on animals. But worse. But worse. Yeah. Um, He noted that he did all this good work to help compensate for his crime. And I'm, in my opinion, you really can't make up for what you did. Um. Leopold published an autobiography in 1958 called Life Plus 99 Years. Oh, my God. Um, Many accused him of writing the book to regain favor with the public. I was about to
0: say, how (laughs) self-indulgent.
1: Oh, I mean, he is a very self-indulgent individual. In March of 1958, Nathan Leopold was paroled. The Brethren Service Commission, which is the Church of the Brethren-affiliated program fuck that's some sort of christianity they let him work as a medical technician in a hospital in puerto rico so he was able to go down there and be paroled there was also a movie based on leopold's story that was being made and he tried to block production production on the basis of defama- defamation defamation of character i'm not saying anything right
0: you're adding an r in there defamation is it defamation it's defamation yeah
1: you know what? I always get defamation and defecation confused, and they're two very different things. Yes. They're <laughs> two very different things. Um, they
0: both could include shitting on someone, though. I
1: don't, that is what this is. He said it was a defamation of character, and it's like, bud, you defamed yourself. Like, whatever. Yeah,
0: we're not... They're probably not saying it. It's yeah. not true, to no. be honest.
1: Oh, I accidentally skipped this. But he also tried to set up a charity after he got out where the funds of his book would go to troubled teens, but the state of Illinois was, like, Illinois was like, no, you will not be doing that. Um... So so he went to Port he moved to San Juan, Puerto Rico. He got married. He married a woman, despite saying in an interview that he was still in love with Loeb in 1960. Let it go. Dude, he's dead. He was he was trying to fuck someone else other than you. Yeah, let it
0: go, bro. You simp.
1: Yeah, he's a simp. Um he earned a master's degree at the University of Puerto Rico and taught classes there. He also did research on leprosy, which I thought was interesting, because I thought we got rid of that. No. No. Nope. We still have it? Yeah. Oh, I thought we got rid of it. No. Oh, all right. <laughs> Great. Another thing to be afraid of. And then on not, on August 29th, 1971, Nathan Leopold died of a diabetes-related heart attack at the age of 66.
0: Should have skipped those ice cream sodas.
1: He should have. And fun fact, after he died, his corneas were renewed, removed, and then they like donated them.
0: Oh, I remember that. So someone yeah. got
1: his eyeball.
0: Someone got his eyes. Two people eyes.
1: got his eyes.
0: Leopold's eyes.
1: Yeah. I wouldn't that like could you imagine your donor being a murderer? It's kinda of fucked up. I don't care, man. I can see through the eyes of a murderer. If
0: I can see, I don't care whose eyes they came from.
1: All right, I guess. Honestly,
0: I I'm like, give me Hitler's eyes. Oh, I, don't, wow. I don't I don't care.
1: Okay. Because
0: well. I'd rather see.
1: Well, the story of Leopold and Loeb has inspired media in many different ways, resulting in books, TV shows, and movies. I think it's bullshit that he got paroled.
0: I mean, yeah. Like, he killed a kid. So, you should... I'm okay not giving them the death penalty, but I don't know if I'm okay letting them out. I'm
1: not okay with letting them out. I'm fine with them not having the death penalty. I'm not okay with them getting out. Yeah. But... The perfect crime ended up becoming the perfect disaster.
0: It's never the perfect crime. Again, they fucked it up within 24 hours, man. Less
1: than 24 hours. They're fucking it up while they're doing it. Yeah, it's fair. Um, Leopold and Loeb's obsession with becoming criminals, criminals ultimately destroyed them. Their story is well known and remembered almost 100 years later. later. However, the legacy they leave behind is one of shame, not of power. Thank you for joining us this season. We can't wait to have you back for season nine.
0: Season nine, baby. Season
1: nine. uh.
0: We've done. That means we've done now at this point, like 87 episodes. Mm -hmm. I think it's around there. 86, 87 episodes. Because
1: this season ended up being 11 instead of 10.
0: And we had other two parters and, and, uh, We've added, we've definitely had we've we definitely added some sometimes where we've had like eleven or twelve episodes in yeah. previous seasons. So uh
1: thanks so much yeah. you guys. Thanks for the support. Thanks for listening. Um, if you want to continue our continue supporting us in free ways, following us on social media is a huge help. We're on Facebook.com slash white collars red hands, we're on Twitter at White Collars Pod. We are on Instagram at white collars underscore red hands, we are on TikTok. At white Collar's red hands if you have a suggestion for an episode we do we are going to be brainstorming for next season so if you want if you have a story that you really want us to listen to please send it our, or not listen to to cover please send it our way you can do that by DMing us on our social medias or by emailing us at facebook. I'm not no don't email us on Facebook. you email us at white at gmail.com.
0: You, can you believe that Nina has spoken for 87 of these episodes and still, still can't do it?
1: Yep, I can. The
0: penitentiary.
1: It's hard. That's a hard <laughs> word. You, know, you should have seen me misspell it.
0: You wrote this outline. That's the funniest thing to me. You wrote the outline. You put so many words in here. There were <laughs> a be lot be like, of words don't know today. To I was like, word.
1: there were a lot of words today that I was like, I don't know how to say it. I know what they mean. I just don't know how to say it.
0: In fact, you said Superman like 17 times instead of just figuring out how to say Ubermensch. <laughs> True.
1: <laughs> I know how to say it. I just don't like saying it. Anyways. Okay. On freeway to support us, you could buy our merch. You can go to our website, www.whitecollarsredhands.com. Click the little merch tab. It'll take you over to Tee Public. You can buy anything and everything um and then another great way that you can support us is by word of mouth tell your friends about us even today even today i had a friend who had an instagram story and she was like send me your ex for podcast because i'm getting bored during my workouts i sent her my own podcast i have no shame you can send her my podcast too
0: you're just sending this this woman like a thousand links to our podcast no
1: i just sent her the link to the spotify she can pick whatever episode she wants.
0: Yeah, there's 87 of them.
1: 87 of them. And I think that's it.
0: Oh, review.
1: Oh, yeah, you can review us, too. We love five-star reviews, but an honest review is good as well. Please don't say you don't like our commentary. If you don't like our commentary, just don't fucking listen to us. We got
0: another glorious one-star review recently. I don't
1: know what you people want. A podcast is to listen to people talk. If you just want to read the story, then you can read it yourself. you
0: You can do the hours of research we do to put this together. That's fine. You can do that.
1: Yeah, I worked on this a long time today.
0: But if you click on the podcast, be be prepared because it's hosted by us and we will be ourselves.
1: I want to talk. I love to talk.
0: Dinah does love to talk.
1: I have diarrhea of the mouth. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. We will see you next season for another season of White Collars Red, Red Hands. hands.